Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Space Show Show. Previously on The Space Show Show. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Rebecca Frost, Lieutenant Commander, joined by Admiral Carrie Jackson. Um, I dropped that previously on um, because today we're talking about Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, which opens with a previously on Star Trek. <laughs> yes, which was convenient. Uh, so, yeah. in case you forgot, <laughs> even even though Star Trek II was one of the biggest movies of that year, and it was like in the zeitgeist, it was everywhere. For mm -hmm. some reason, the filmmakers—I mean, I guess it's smart—you uh, know, Stanley. Every comic book is someone's first one. Like the filmmakers felt like, okay, let's remind everyone what the Genesis Planet is. Mm -hmm. Spock not died. even that. Not yeah. even that. They just they they are like, here's Spock's. Do you want to cry like 50 seconds into this movie? Here's <laughs> Spock's death scene, and here's Kirk's eulogy. And if you're okay, are you crying? Okay, bah, 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 Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Um, 1984, weird yes. year. Admiral Kirk and his bridge crew risk their careers stealing the decommissioned USS Enterprise to return to the restricted Genesis planet to recover Spock's body. I know I say this every week. It's the rose-colored glasses. This movie ruled. Uh, you like this one? <laughs> yes. Okay, this is one of the divisive ones. You know the rule is the uneven-numbered yeah. ones suck, is is what the, the, the rule seems to be. Well, I don't know if it applies anymore. We have so many Star Trek movies. Yeah. <laughs> leading, you know, in, in, in certainly in the first six or seven, you know, it was like, <laughs> that uh. was the rule. And I'm so surprised that you like this one. This is one that people yeah. have a lot of problem with. Oh, well, you're going to be great with Star Trek V then. I can't wait for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I did watch the trailer for the next one for Voyage Home. Mm. And <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Star Trek IV, <laughs> the one that Jimmy Martin claims is the worst Star Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks bad, honestly. To which I kept um, telling him, no, you're thinking of Nemesis, but that's another story. So <laughs> last week we had talked about how as each movie comes out, their budget shrinks. Yeah. And I think that com that combined with Leonard Nimoy directing this movie um, really, really made me love this movie because it feels more like an original, like the original series. Mm -hmm. but in movie form it's literally it's an hour and a half long it's, it's yeah you could have done it in an hour you could have done this movie in an hour yeah you could literally there is so much time in this movie that is just like staring right that <laughs> it, it could have just been a tv show um because the but the budget is smaller they're more restricted in their sets and their effects and yada 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 and it just feels more like that original series vibe Mm -hmm. It's got a little bit of humor. It's mm -hmm. got the character interactions. Uh, Boy, all that stuff. howdy, does it have character interactions? Mm -hmm. um, which I, I could talk about a little bit later, but there's this really great article. I'll try to remember to link it in the show description, but there's this really great article on StarTrek.com called How the Search for Spock. Um, Oh, what's it called? How the Search for Spock Changed the Way Star Trek Got Made. And, oh, really? in, okay. and in this, it's so fascinating. And in this article, um, it talks about how Le Leonard Nimoy really wanted to make this feel like an ensemble movie. And everybody got 
their scene, right? Like everybody had their moment. There's even, you know, there's a reference later on in the trivia that I have where Nichelle Nichols was kind of disappointed um, with how little she had to do in the movie script. But then when she actually read the role, she loved what she got to do with so little. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you said in the last episode too, this movie feels more like my friends doing stuff. Exactly. My friend, my friends are getting together and heisting the enterprise. They're heisting the enterprise and trying to save your other friend, you know? Yeah. Which great for Leonard Nimoy. He only had to be there for like 10 minutes on screen. (laughs) But, uh, so, you know, movie opens previously on, remember, cry, 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 opening credits, Mm -hmm. which I thought was weird. The opening credits were kind of weird they are intentionally kind of weird um let me find the bit of trivia that i have about these opening credits i don't oh here it is uh in the opening credits there is a six second long pause between william shatner and deforest kelly's names and that's where leonard nimoy's name would normally be it's only one second between each of the other names i i did not notice that it's it was because they go in that order yeah yeah so oh. i remember i was watching as i was watching this last night and i was like wow these credits that, that's a william shatner pause 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 deforest kelly is like damn what is happening is the is the streaming service broken no that's a that's a feature not a bug it would have been easy to chalk that up to shatner's ego saying i need three beats before DeForest shows up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, it's That's funny. So, okay, super- now, see, I need to go and look at that again. I missed that. Mm-hmm. So they limp, limp the Enterprise back to base or whatever. Um, and they're getting um, debriefed, essentially, where uh, who uh, it's not April. It's not Robert April. That's like talking to them when they're first getting off when they first get off no that's uh that's uh i want to say uh, admiral nagura i want to say mm. but i'm not sure anyway but he's giving them the Commander hey thanks yeah. thanks so much for your cert like thank you so much for all the work that you did by the way do not talk about this with anybody okay <laughs> and that's another thing that i really love about star trek too is everyone has little secrets everyone has something that they can't tell anybody else mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and uh this is also when we find out um oh we are d de- we are decommissioning the enterprise and kirk is like what and uh uh, the guy is like, listen, this ship is decrepit. It is 20 years old. Kirk, would you date a 20 year old? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you I know, see your point. <laughs> and everyone, you know, everyone's, everyone's sad about it. Um, mysteriously absent from a lot of this i've noticed is dr mccoy but then we find out he's busy hiding in a dark corner being a weird little guy which is i think what deforest kelly wanted to do all along <laughs> and he's they find, yeah they find he's him in saying, spock's quarters yeah yes and he's spe- he's speaking gibberish and he's saying things like oh we gotta go climb mount hoozy wetsy and kirk is like that's on vulcan what are you talking about and think literally thinks nothing of it and just goes about his business well no i mean because then the next scene that you see kirk in he's he's at his his palatial apartment with a hell of a view god uh, and every and everyone's <laughs> leisure suits incredible in, yes in their casual <laughs> attire 
and they're all talking about the enterprise and, and he's, I can't get a word in edgewise. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, oh, Dr. McCoy should be here soon. Well, uh, no, he's not. He's not. He's 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 in medical. They're, they're taking a look at him. Yeah. Um, but then <laughs> Spock's papa, Spock, papa, Savick or not Savick, um, Sarek shows up Sarek. Um, yes. and is like, Kirk, I know what you did to my son. <laughs> Kirk is like, listen, I didn't want this either. Um, but then in um, some real inciting incident information news, uh, mm -hmm. Sarek is like, okay, well, his he, he's got to get returned to Vulcan. His body and his mind have got to be returned to Vulcan. Mm -hmm. And Kirk is like, his mind? What are you talking about? And doesn't even think about the weirdness that his friend McCoy was doing literally five minutes before. Well, that's because he's so self-centered, you see. <sighs> and and Sir uh, Sir Ack had this uh, had the same had the same idea as that. You know, I thought you two were boyfriend boyfriend, so I thought that he would <laughs> he would mind meld with you before he went mm -hmm. in. I thought he'd just do that because you two are you know so close. <laughs> so Kirk, can I have your mind like real quick? And Sarah does mind melds with him and is like, oh interesting oh, doesn't <laughs> doesn't pick up on the scene that happened literally five minutes earlier where mccoy was acting all weird and i think but sarek would have noticed <laughs> he would have noticed but then they go into kirk's bedroom or somewhere and they watch the tapes the again. footage We're the footage which is literally just scenes we from the wrath of khan <laughs> And I was as I was watching that, I'm like, did we need that thing at the beginning? Is it? I guess yeah. they're always trying to set up mood, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, then did we need this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes to his fancy computer, enhance, enhance, and then discovers, oh, McCoy, uh, McCoy's got the Katra, the the yeah. mind. Remember. Yeah. Yeah, which was a very clever. Um, I don't think they planned that when they filmed that in the wrath of khan i don't think they planned for this way for to be a, an avenue for spock to return right i think they just kind of went well that was convenient i, you know I, mean, I mean yeah i mean maybe the idea was is that mccoy would be able to recall you know you know with the whole remember mind meld things that, that maybe in the future mccoy would be able to recall if spock were here if spock were here what would he do <laughs> uh, and and then he'd be able to jump in and pretend to be Spock for a second and then go, what am I doing, Jim? What am I doing? You know. I also, when this big revelation happens that it's McCoy that has Spock's Katra, I was like, Bones is going to have a field day when he regains his consciousness. He mm -hmm. is going to lose his goddamn mind. Because, <laughs> I mean, if, if he's afraid of the, of the transporter, imagine... What is what he, what he must be thinking right now is what has this guy done to my brain? He must not have only, damaged my brain somehow, right? Not only that, but it's Spock. It's this fucking guy. It's <laughs> you know <laughs> who he always is fighting with anyway. Well, as he says later, this is his payback for all those arguments he lost. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, McCoy knows, McCoy, because he has Spock's culture, he knows, he's like, I've got to get to Vulcan. Um, I've got, I've, I, I need to go, he goes to the bar. Um, initially scripted was a bar fight, but that didn't work. And <laughs> I love that the waitress knows McCoy. 
He's a oh, regular. Yeah. He's a regular. I just fucking love Man's that. an alcoholic. That's, uh, well, that's why I love him. <laughs> <laughs> we see the first punk rock alien in Star Trek, that guy yeah. with like all the piercings or whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, meanwhile, while all of this is happening, we're introduced to the Klingons who are trying to get information about the Genesis device and um, they have a brand new fancy bird of prey because it was supposed to be Romulans um, but oh, instead really? they went it was supposed to be Romulans but they went with Klingons instead because they were already more established well yeah and, I mean that just makes sense I mean obviously. I would have liked to have seen Romulan antagonists that would have been fun but it makes sense to go with the Klingons but instead Carrie I gotta tell you how big my mind was blown when Christopher Lloyd in Klingon makeup shows up on my screen <laughs> I wasn't I sure know. whether you, I I wasn't sure whether was you knew or not oh good <laughs> no I had no idea I saw his names in the I saw his name in the credits as as the movie's getting going I'm like oh crazy and then <laughs> see Christopher Lloyd in Klingon makeup, I was. Oof. This franchise is the gift that keeps on giving. I <laughs> was just so shocked. I just loved his first appearance. Uh, you know, when he's there and he's got his 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 dog, his targ next to him. Yeah, you know? his Klingon dog. His, his Klingon dog, which is you know obviously a muppet, but I love it. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, and he, seriously. And he, tells, and he tells his, you know, his his first mate, feed him, and the first mate's like, oh shit, <laughs> oh boy. Um, so uh, they find um that the Genesis device has uh, uh had created this whole planet, and so they, uh, what is it? They go to the ship that David Kirk's son returning, and Lieutenant Savick, no longer played by Kirstie Alley. Uh -huh. I also did not know she didn't come back. I was like, well, where's Kirstie Alley. I was so looking forward to seeing I'm her. I remember what happened. They said it in that uh, documentary that's on Amazon Center Seat. And I want to say when that negotiating because... Kirstie Alley's contract for Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, Paramount Studios did not offer or include any options or clauses regarding any possible sequels. According to Leonard Nimoy, this left Alley open to negotiate a new contract for ah, this film, so resulting she asked in for more. So she asked for excessive salary demands, mm -hmm. which led to her being dropped and replaced by Robin Curtis. Well, so, you know, she had to have write a check to Xenu. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and that was how stupid a Paramount, you know, to one, not sign her for a sequel, you know, and two, to just balk at a higher price and not negotiate a bit more, you know, or maybe she was the hard ass in the in the negotiations. Who knows? But uh, Robin Curtis came along and I thought did a fine job. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I honestly, I kind of liked her more. Um, I felt like she was a little bit more expressive, which is could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, depending on how you like your Vulcans. Um, <laughs> I like an expressive Vulcan. I think they're funny. Uh <laughs> but meanwhile, David and Savick um, have their, they're the science team, you know, learning and researching more about the new Genesis planet. And they, um, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, there's a life form down oh. there on that Genesis planet. We better go down there and investigate it. Um, but meanwhile, Krug, which is <laughs> Christopher Lloyd's crazy name, um, is also on his way to the Genesis planet because he's got all this information now about the Genesis planet. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, the Federation refers to the Genesis uh, as a device, 
And the Klingons refer to it as the Genesis weapon. Mm. Because that's how they would each use it. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll fire this down on a living planet and the opposite, you know, the matrix goes the opposite way and it'll just destroy mm. everything because that's what we would do. Yeah. Your doomsday device. <laughs> Marty. <laughs> Marty. God, okay. Uh so this is this is when this is when the show gets really good. Um cuz Kirk is like, "Well, uh got to get my I got to get my friend's body and brain. We got to get them both brain. to Vulcan. Um so remind me, how uh does Kirk know that the or I guess he doesn't know because I guess their initial thing is they have to just get McCoy to Vulcan, right? But do they know that the body is down there on Genesis? Uh, well, I mean, they shot it down there in a casket in the uh, uh, photon torpedo tube. So they, yeah, they, I guess, I mean, and the photon torpedo tube, I would imagine, would survive re entry, and they must have known that. Interesting. I guess maybe I'm misinterpreting what I thought was supposed to happen because I thought that the photon torpedo was just supposed to shoot off into space forever and ever and ever and not necessarily land on the Genesis planet. But if they intentionally shot it onto the Genesis planet, makes sense. Well, and they talk about it at the end of two. He says, if this planet is in fact life from lifelessness, I'll have to come back. Okay. Okay. So. So... in the slowest heist of all time, uh, <laughs> Kirk gets the crew back together and they all agree that like, hey, we will, yeah, we will help you steal the decommissioned Enterprise to help save our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we get some amazing scenes from George Takei, where he gets to fight a big guy who calls him Tiny. He's tiny but mighty and mm-hmm. takes the guy out. And initially I had read a thing that George Takei was like, man, I don't know about this scene. But then once he saw the audience reaction to it and they loved it, mm-hmm. uh, he was like, oh, okay, man, yeah, okay. I, I kick okay. ass. It was, it, was the leather, it was the leather Lando cape that I thought was... Oh, God, he was rocking a, that cape. Quite a choice. And then Chekhov's outfit, while we're talking about outfits, what's up <laughs> with that collar? He looked like little Lord Fauntleroy. He, he looked like the, the, the... He looked like that painting of the blue boy with the big <laughs> collar. Um, I have... In my notes, in my notes that I was taking, um, Chekhov, I feel like every time we see him, he's forever looks like a child but then every time we see scotty he ages 80 years in each subsequent movie well it's all the scotch uh oh there's also another line too that scotty says i wish i could remember in regards to maybe it was in regards to the excelsior um he says if my grandmother had wheels she would be a wagon Mm -hmm. both my husband and i were like what what (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's pretty pl- i don't know well, i mean I yeah, because know. they're they're all assigned to different things and places uhura chooses to be assigned at some quiet outpost somewhere mm-hmm. uh where scotty was forced to be over overseeing the uh, upgrades on the excelsior this was the Correct. new hot this was the new iphone for them this was the <laughs> federation's new thing it's got transwarp drive uh you know and then which is supposed to be what faster i i transwarp drive that's what it is they're talking about the transwarp drive and he says if my my grandmother had wheels she'd be a wagon and i'm like Uh, what (laughs) what so so scotty's you know overseeing the the, getting the excelsior ready and in the meantime he's also 
making the enterprise so it can go with only how does he put it a chimpanzee and two recruits could run at it (laughs) (laughs) he's automating the enterprise so that you know they Mm -hmm. can steal it and take it away with just the small ragtag group of our friends i did i did have that thought a lot about how it's just our group of friends taking the enterprise Mm -hmm. i'm like wow they can just run this whole ship with just the four of them huh crazy Mm -hmm. Well, uh, three of them, because what's McCoy doing? McCoy's not doing anything. McCoy doesn't know how to do anything on a ship. <laughs> he really doesn't. Uh, except uh, unless, be drunk. Unless Spock's channeling, you know, unless he's channeling Spock, which oh. happens on the bridge, because, you know, this is, uh, mm-hmm. I'm scanning and it's in Spock's voice, you know, which is even more mysterious. <laughs> and and, he's, and he says, did I do that right, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> you do an incredible McCoy impression. Oh, it's easy. Um, you just tap into your inner alky. <laughs> But All George, right. so George Takei gets his fun fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Uhura gets her amazing scene where she's down in the transporter, a transporter room with a guy who's in the credits as Mr. Adventure. And um, <laughs> he's talking shit to you, to Uhura. And I, oh, yeah. what my note is like, literally, who the fuck is this guy? Well, Whoa. He's, a little, he's a little snot-nosed recruit. And and what he says to her, he's, he's you know, because just, and we get the, this is a, this is a crappy assignment. And Uhura's like, no, I like it. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's relaxing. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. Well, that may be fine for someone like you, whose best years are behind them. Oh. Oh, this Ugh. guy. You meet, you meet, well, I, I hated him immediately anyway. Yeah. But he had that face. He, he had that kind then, of face. Yes. He had that punchable face. And then he started talking and you just hated him even more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and then uh, she forces him in a closet. She threatens him with the blaster and forces him in a closet. And she tells him, I will meet you at the rendezvous. Good good mm-hmm. luck, friends. And they 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 get on the Enterprise. They heist the Enterprise. Kirk drops this line, may the wind be at our backs. And I'm on my couch like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then thus begins the slowest heist of all time because they're just like slowly... Don't be suspicious. Maybe if we just move the Enterprise very slowly, they won't notice that we're heading towards the space doors. And then the <laughs> captain of the Excelsior is notified that, hey, someone's stealing the Enterprise. And so he literally, the look on his face, I, it just reads as Kirk, because <laughs> he just knows. And um, goes, you know, goes to intercept the Enterprise. Um, and he's like, Kirk, if you do this, you'll never see the seat of a captain's chair again. And the first officer is the guy who created RoboCop. I don't know if you caught Jose that. Jose Ferrer. Or Miguel or Miguel Ferrer, Ferrer yeah. Jose Ferrer's son. <laughs> oh, I, see, and just hit a pause real quick here. Lee and I were writing some Star Trek fan, like you could call it fan fiction. We were writing it as a screenplay. And Spe- that, a spec script. <laughs> a spec script. And that character was our first officer. Are you kidding me? And we were going to make him a total a-hole and a xenophobe, <laughs> which is the opposite of the Federation. You can't be in Starfleet if you're a xenophobe. That was our point. We were doing that. That was our first <laughs> officer. And he was a dick and everybody hated him. He was, if you were to do a mathematical equation of it, he was our Frank Burns. Okay. Okay. And and so then we'd have we'd have our Hawkeye, we would have our BJ, we'd have our Charles Emerson. We basically took Mash and made it into Star Trek and, and played with it. But uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you more about that screenplay after we see Star Trek Four. Oh hell yeah! Because we we take a character from there and put it on our on our show. Anyway, awesome. Uh, so they <laughs> they they make it out. I- 
because uh, how they how do they disable the Excelsior? Cause... Well, because you've got Scotty overseeing the the refits and the right, getting it right. upgraded. And so it tries to go into transwarp drive, which was so dramatic. I just love that bit. You know, it's like, oh, we're we're gonna do that thing that Star Trek should have done years ago, and that is be able to fasten our seatbelts in a way. <laughs> so so the armrests fold over to hold them down in their chairs I for see like it's trans, a roller coaster. <laughs> exactly. Transwarp drive it. And and when you see that, you're like, how come? just now they're doing this, you know, because we've been falling out of our chairs for, you know, three seasons and two movies. <laughs> Why do school buses still not have seat belts? These are and the great questions right of there. our time. But they get the transwarp drive in. I love how it makes the comical Model T sputter sound. Yeah. They, like, <laughs> can't go. <laughs> and that's when Scotty, we cut back to the Enterprise Bridge and, and uh, you know, he says, well, the automation's working great. And uh, he pulls into, Scotty pulls into his pocket and pulls out, you know, bolts, whatever it is. He goes, from one surgeon to another. There you go. That's what happens with your t trans warp drive. And, you know. Okay, crazy that the whole ship is reliant on a couple of nuts and bolts. <laughs> Which was Scotty's problem with the design. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty earlier, too, he, there's a line, um, Scotty invented under promise over deliver right because he, he they even say like scotty oh damn it i wish i could remember the specific line but it's essentially like scotty are you always this good and he's like or are you always like overselling how long it will take um and he's like well otherwise why wouldn't why would you keep me around well it, it, it was it was a it was a mathematical equation do you always promise something in one, you know, do you always promise something in three hours when you really mean one hour? Yes, you know, yes. That kind of thing. Yeah. And he says, well, how else am I maintaining my reputation as a miracle worker? That's <laughs> the one. That's the line. God, that's a good line. Yep. So they head over to Genesis. Uh, the Klingons are there first, um, and they capture David and Savick. And, oh, by the way, Baby Spock. They found Baby Spock, do, 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 on yeah, we're just, the Genesis planet. You were just going to pass over the whole... <laughs> Yeah. Spock maturing and and doing it with Savic thing, right? Did they do did they do it? Oh, okay. I guess okay. no, they did. Because okay, wow. I just thought they just yes. finger rubbed. Wow. Okay. We didn't so... see. We didn't see <laughs> it happen. They faded to black. <laughs> but as I recall, it's in the novelization. That she gets pregnant with that, his baby, and that comes la yes later. She's she's pregnant, but that was never really made canon because it was only in the books. <laughs> but they had to have done it because he <sighs> went through puberty how many times? Yeah, every seven years. So how many times did he get the ponfar? Uh -huh. Oh my god! Oh my god! So they which find is, they, which is they why have... at the end of the movie when Spock walks past her, they exchange that awkward. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Is that? <laughs> I'm piecing together a lot of pieces right now. I don't know why. I just thought that they just rubbed fingers. <laughs> oh no! There's more to Vulcan sex than that. Oh, trust me. Deep Space Nine is coming. You'll learn. <laughs> because they find they find baby Spock and the Genesis planet is it's not malfunctioning, but it's just not working in the way it should be. It's 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 aging very rapidly, which Spock is also aging very rapidly with it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, he starts to go. <laughs> he starts to go through Pon Far and Sapphic is like, oh, no, he's he's going to go through Pon Far. And David's yeah. like, what? And she's like, don't worry about yeah. it. You, you go over there. You. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and t- teenage Spock is just over there being so aggressively horny he doesn't know what to do with himself and so she's like can i help what she's like okay here's what's going on this is this is going to blow your mind listen, listen you're you going to have under- the time of your life <laughs> you don't you don't understand a word i'm saying but i'm going to talk like you do uh, ah, it is upon far the time of mating yes uh, i cannot believe I didn't piece this together because so, as I was putting together trivia for this, it, it talks about the novelization about how she's pregnant with Spock's baby in the novelization. I was like, how did yeah. they didn't do it? Oh, they did it several times in an afternoon <laughs> because, and this is the big reveal where we find out that Kirk's son, even though it was not raised by Kirk is very much like Kirk. Mm. We find out that in order to make Genesis work quicker to make the Federation happy, he cheated, just uh, as his father cheated. Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Maru. They use proto matter, which is a forbidden substance to use because, as we can see, it doesn't always work properly. Ay, Dios mío. And, and Savick looks him right in the eye and says, "So, just like your father, you cheated." Ay, ay, ay. Because she'll never forgive Kirk for the for the Kobayashi Maru. In, in no, two. God, no. Yeah. Oh, God, no. And he, oh, my God, I cannot believe it. Can you imagine being David? That's like the worst insult you could ever receive is being compared mm-hmm. to your father. Because he don't I, like his dad. He didn't, He grew up not liking his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Oh. Anyway, the Enterprise right. arrives, and it's a big rendezvous. They learn that the Klingons are there. They learn that David Savick and a, and a, and a Vulcan of acquaintance is also there yeah, it's a and uh, acquaintance. <laughs> um the the klingons you know they attack the enterprise there's a whole standoff and uh krug is like kill kill him i don't care i don't kill him and there's a whole showdown and david dies protecting savik from being killed and i'm like oh no david oh no <laughs> um and then uh the, the kirk and that's, but that's where we get klingon bastards you killed my son yeah which will Uh, come to play in six that's another are you kidding me okay Mm. because i just kind of i just kind of assumed kirk would be over it and just never think about david ever again (laughs) but can you imagine losing your best friend and your son in like a matter of weeks i know right bummer but uh it's 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 just uh this is the thing about krug is he was not a bad chess player with kirk i I, know he held him off pretty well you know and he and he let him know i'm not fucking around he says uh, mm-hmm. just to prove that i'm going to prove i'm serious i'm going to kill one of your one of the hostages now and then he tells him pick one i don't care which one. i don't care yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's um, how ruthless he is and then um you know there's only four of them on the ship right so they they i thought this was a classic kirk bluff them but then my husband was like he's not bluffing babe he's gonna blow up the enterprise and i was like what do you mean he's gonna blow up the enterprise we saw the build up you know with the self-destruct sequence i thought he was bluffing i thought he was bluffing and then the klingons because he bluffed in the series he did the same Mm -hmm. thing with the same bluff in the series that's why i thought he was bluffing and so they beam off the ship and the klingons beam aboard and the ship is counting down and krug is like "Uh oh get out of there and it explodes and we get just this incredible sequence of the enterprise being destroyed and which you you gotta understand (laughs) as i'm watching this in the theater because you know how important the space Mm -hmm. porn was to me Mm -hmm. in two Mm -hmm. 
as I'm watching this in the theater, just out of high school, looking up and seeing my friend destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, he's not. No, no, he's no. doing Oh, my God, he's doing it. Oh, my God, they're doing it. <laughs> and then it just like full on explodes. And I'm like, do you think they can buff it out? <laughs> <laughs> And then they're on the planet watching their friend crash to the surface in a fiery ball of light. And mm -hmm. I'm on my couch like, what are they going to do? How are they going to get anywhere now? They don't have a ship. Uh, but uh, you have a ship. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Kirk lures Krug onto the planet. Did you know that he, they never learn each other's names? Because Krug's name is only spoken once at the beginning by Valkyris, and then never um, again. But Krug calls him Kirk. Okay, well then Kirk never learns his name. Never learns his name, yeah. It was just Oh, um, Krug have... does learn his name because he watches all the Genesis footage. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Exactly. Right. And and you know, Kirk is a legend. And, yeah, obviously. And it becomes more of a legend to the Klingon Empire after this after the events here. Four. And then <laughs> William Shatner and Kirk just have this incredible fight. Oh, because um, the, the rest of the Enterprise crew gets beamed aboard the Klingon Bird of Prey as like hostages. And Kirk is mm -hmm. like, please just take take the Vulcan as well, please. And dying, please. And he's like, Krug is like, fuck you. I don't give a shit. And they have like, just, like an incredible fist fight. It's, it, Kirk brings back the double-fisted hi-ya. Well, what I love about that scene is is the way that uh, Christopher Lloyd, you know, he says, you should beam up the Vulcan as well. You should do that. Says, no. He says, well, well, why not? He says, because you wish it. Oh, so good, man. Mm, yeah. So good. Exactly. Um, apparently, another one of the bits of trivia I have is that um, Christopher Lloyd just could not figure out the concept of the communicator. Um, oh, God, where is it? Where is Didn't it? someone just say oh. walkie-talkie? There. <laughs> yeah. So Christopher Lloyd didn't fully understand the use of the communicators. He would often shout his lines into the air rather than speak into the communicator. So as an example, when he says, bring me up while on the Genesis planet, he's yelled it at the sky as if the ship could hear it. And he had to be repeatedly told not to yell at the sky. Chris, walkie-talkie. It's walkie-talkie. God, incredible. You just hold it up and go, Malls, cho choo That's it, you know. It, totally. <laughs> um, they get the incredible fight. He gets um, Anakin and Mufasa right off into the fiery <laughs> abyss. And uh, Kirk gets, gets his friend, who, who we have seen in like four different, portrayed by like four different actors. And now it's our old friend, Leonard Nimoy. And he gets them, he speaks Klingon, did not know he spoke Klingon. Well, he he saw Krug do it, do it earlier, mm. where he says, you know, Maul's activate beam. Uh, you know, he saw it, and so he just repeated what, what he saw. Gotcha. Uh, Here, I'm thinking he's multilingual friend. And he, and he, you know, there's so much noise and everything that the Klingon up on the ship would just, just hear uh, Maul's mm -hmm. activate beam. He wouldn't go, is that really you? You know, because all the noise and everything that's going on. <sighs> Malls, the last Klingon on board. Did you recognize him? Um, isn't that what's his name from Night Court? Chris, uh, yes, John Larroquette. John, John Larroquette. Yeah. So we had a star from Taxi. We had a star from Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> a star from T.J. Hooker. Yes. Uh, 
but I'll talk, I'll get to that. Um, and they, you know, the team enterprise has hijacked the bird of prey and they are going, they're taking their friend to Vulcan. Um, poor David's body just had to get left behind covered in that leather jacket. Yep. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, so they, they go to Vulcan. There's a magical ceremony. Who's he? What's he? They're able to put Spock's mind back in his body. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets up, but he's he's he hasn't quite fully rebooted. He's not. It's you know. it's got to go to space and back. You know, all of the information. <laughs> it's still it's still processing. Walks by his friends. That look that he gives Savic now makes it that Savic gives him makes a ton of sense because I was like, oh, why is she oh. acting weird? What was it? Six six times? Six times? Maybe. God, maybe. literally in less than twenty four hours. Like, <laughs> my God. Um. <laughs> I cannot believe I didn't put that together. I'm, I'm like <laughs> such a child. <laughs> I, I am, I'm both surprised and disappointed. But anyway, <laughs> he's going up the steps and stops and turns around and recognizes his friend Kirk after they have a beautiful conversation. It, the cinematography on this scene in particular is so beautiful. I was mm -hmm. just shouting kiss the whole time because <laughs> they're, you know, facing each other. There's this beautiful Vulcan sunset happening. And I'm like, yes. I wish you guys would just kiss already and and then he calls him jim because he remembers those are the last lines of the movie jim your name is jim what's the what's the closing tagline like on the adventure continues or something yes. like that um which says you're gonna get another one <laughs> which <laughs> so that uh the search for fox they found they found spock good job everybody yes um so I, again in typical star trek fashion there is just so much trivia to be had with anything you know star and trek doctor who you can get lost in the minutiae you really it's can. the pages and pages of trivia i was reading just for this movie i'm like i do not have time to share all of these things with you but i will share just some of the some of the more interesting bits that i found um gene roddenberry banned from the set just effectively barred <laughs> from the set during filming of the movie um well at that point he was nothing but trouble <laughs> and and, yeah. and and there's another word problematic uh, yeah yeah which we wouldn't know until we many didn't know years that later either. um grace lee whitney janice rand remember our dear friend janice um Justice for she, janice justice for janice she appears once in this movie during the enterprise's docking sequence she is the red-haired officer in the space dock lounge who shakes her head in disbelief worried for her former crew as she sees the ship's extensive damage the battle damaged enterprise that we all wanted a model kit of when it, <laughs> that's i also loved when they heist the enterprise like it's still beat up like the inside of the bridge is still covered in burn and scorch marks oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Uh, Edward James Olmos was Lemoy's original choice for the role of Krug. Uh, oh, he would have been great. However, Harv Bennett, my new arch nemesis, uh, preferred Christopher Lloyd. So Nimoy finally cast Lloyd because he came off as more operatic and physically intimidating, which if you were to put Christopher Lloyd and Edward James almost in a room together. I don't know that I would find Christopher Lloyd more physically intimidating. At that time, maybe, because almost was very young uh, at that time. And he's he's shorter than Christopher Lloyd, too. Maybe that has yeah. something to do with it. Mm. But he's thicker. Uh, but again, we're talking about a yeah. young 
Edward James Eddie Olmos. Jimmy Olmos, yeah. Because when when was Blade Runner? That was eighty. Oh God, I couldn't tell you. Because he's in Blade Runner. Edward James Olmos. He's the guy who makes yeah. the the uh, unicorns. The Blade the, Run. The uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's the guy who makes the the uh, the what, unicorn. What, what's the paper folding? It's Japanese. Origami. Origami. Thank you. The origami unicorns. And uh, he pretty young looking then, pretty pretty spry. But as I recall, because I did a comic-con panel with him he's 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 just my height mm. and lloyd as i recall seeing him at comic-con he's a tall bit taller so yeah maybe that was the whole thing i don't know interesting interesting um this is the the feature directorial debut of leonard nimoy who had previously only directed for stage and television including an episode of william shatner's tv series tj hooker is that show any good <laughs> <laughs> let me put it this way it's hilarious <laughs> Okay, awesome. I'll give it a watch. The, uh, the gag always wasn't. <laughs> the gag always was, and there's a Saturday Night Live sketch about it. Is that for some reason, Hooker would always wind up on the hood of a car while it's going, oh, hanging on for dear life. Oh, and there's a Saturday Night Live sketch about him just being on the hood of a car that's driving oh. across the country or something. Like Is it? That. Was it gets driven by Tunsis the driving cat? Kind of. Uh, oh my God! What? But it's a it's a hilarious show because you got Heather Locklear in there as mm. as as a cop. You've got okay. the guy from uh, uh, Solid. He's a solid gold dancer. <laughs> uh, you got him in there as his partner, and you know Jeff and I used to yell at each other every once in a while. Hooker's a good cop. <laughs> It's hilarious. Um, I don't know where you can see it on stream. You can you can watch it on Fubo or Philo. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. They are hilarious to watch. Seriously, they are Shatnerific through and through. That that's that's why I asked because it appeals to, uh, it appeals to me and my Shatner love. Um, <laughs> again, I will uh, link to the art. I'm trying to remember so hard to link to the article on StarTrek.com, but um, Paramount didn't want Leonard Nimoy to direct due to his lack of experience, but Nimoy refused to return as Spock unless he could direct, which exactly. I'm so glad he fought for it. Mm -hmm. And reading that article too, I, I, I should read his autobiography because I was very much of the mind that he's like, man, I just do not want to do this anymore. But then when, but then when Wrath of Khan came out, he did have kind of a change of heart, like, well, dang, maybe maybe i don't want to leave this maybe after I, all maybe i shouldn't have told him to kill me can i call it i mean during production he was like can we change it and they said no Help. no <laughs> sorry you you set this baby in motion you uh you mm. gotta follow through uh yeah interesting <laughs> um because this is a big klingon movie um on account of the amount of Klingon phrases in the movie, linguist Mark Okrand was asked to create a working Klingon language. He based the words and sounds on a few improvised Klingon phrases used in Star Trek The Motion Picture, which had been invented by Scotty, James Doohan, and used grammar rules that only rarely occur in human languages so that the Klingons would be as alien as possible. Mm -hmm. um, during filming, he had to update the grammar and vocabulary of the Klingon language several times when actors got the line wrong because it was deemed easier to rewrite the language than to reshoot the scene. That's or called that's called Mugatoing. <laughs> yeah. I got to explain that. I got to explain that to a friend this week. <laughs> and she was like, wow, that's so cool. And I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> um, 
In some instances, the actors would just speak English and then a Klingon word that would match the lip movements would be dubbed over in post-production. <laughs> wow, that's really cheating. <laughs> Seriously. And then um, this last piece of trivia that I find near and dear to my heart, um, production was endangered by a great fire at Paramount Studios. William Shatner helped fight the fire and rescue a crew member before firefighter reinforcements arrived. Shatner said that his motivation for doing so was purely to save a day on the shooting schedule as he had to make a deadline to be available for shooting a, a new season of TJ Hooker. Priorities. Ser <laughs> God, his priorities. Um, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's the search for Spock. What do we think? Best movie ever? Uh, well, I, <laughs> you haven't seen four or six yet. Yeah, that's true. And that I true. personally also en really enjoy five. I actually, well, okay, we'll talk about those coming up. But I do have some things for you here. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, from a few years ago. I'm not quite sure when. Let's see. This is uh, your commander. This is from 95. Your Commander Krug action figure. You can see. Uh, it doesn't even look like Christopher. Well, it kind of looks like Christopher it Lloyd. It looks a little bit. It looks more like Christopher Lloyd than this one does. Now, this is from the original Ertl uh, line of action figures because Mego lost the license. Uh-oh. This is very old, as you can see. Oh, that looks uh, more like Christopher. Well, hard to tell. A little bit. But you yeah. see, it comes with his dog. Oh, my God. One of my notes is, what is this Klingon dog? It's a Targ. Uh, of course it is. And yeah, then here's, yeah. here's the Star Trek Three Scotty action figure, as you can see, autographed by Dua. Wow. Aged 80 years. Yes, easily. This is from, uh, let's see, Made in Korea by Ertl, uh, mm. 1984. So this is the year that the movie came out, these two action nice. figures here. Uh, so those are the Star Trek Three. uh things that I have. I don't think I have any Star Trek four items. I don't. Huh. Oh, I'm man. I, 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 Unless you I'm, count my, I'm my Klingon having... bird of prey. Cause it make it makes a comeback, which by the way, the effects of the bird of prey in this movie were so cool because it has this cloaking device, right? Mm -hmm. But you can still see it as it moves amongst the stars. Mm -hmm. in its cloaked version i thought that was so cool that how they did that it helps for storytelling and uh, yeah it's, it's uh yeah i can't wait for you to see four now this is so cool man if and you i'm like facing... this one you're gonna lose your mind for <laughs> <laughs> i'm facing such an internal debate because i like to watch these as close to recording as possible just so it's like so fresh in my mind mm -hmm. but as soon as star trek 3 ended last night i was like man do i just want to put on star trek 4 because <laughs> i just want to keep watching these movies <laughs> well see i've seen all of these so many times Mm -hmm. But it's been a long time since I've seen them. So I'm going back to watch them again to refresh. And I'm in, I'm in the middle of five right now. Or no, about mm -hmm. a quarter of a way through five right now. And uh, like, like I was telling you, there's a lot of stuff that I forgot or missed. Um, the, the, one, the one thing in this one, in three, that I had forgot, but I remembered, was uh, the guy at the bar the 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 guy with the pufferfish type stuff who was our first know, punk rock alien our yeah. first punk rock alien yeah i just how they were just completely ripping off the way yoda talked with it but they <laughs> but they made him a used car salesman you know yeah what if yoda was even what more the... annoying exactly 
<laughs> I here am new. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I forgot about that. And the fact that he had two sets of lips. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure whether that was cheap makeup or if, in fact, the alien had two sets of lips. And if I were the makeup guy, I'd say, honest, I meant to do that. He has two sets of lips. Yes. All <laughs> extremely intentional, the things I have done. Everything I did is intentional. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. You know, I have a friend who wants to watch number five with me. So maybe Why? I, should... I question the motives. Uh, it's, it's our, it's our friend Jeremiah. He was like, okay. Oh, I can't wait for you to watch five. Can we watch it? Can we watch, do a watch along? <laughs> and so okay. don't, don't let him sway you as you watch it. Mm. Cause he's going to try to crap on things. I, or maybe he loves it. I can't remember. I, here's Jeremiah. the thing. I, anyway. I, every episode, except for the animated series, every episode that we have done this show, how often am I like, man, I love Star Trek. This is a spicy <laughs> Star Trek. And I love it so much. Well, I think that you should right as soon as we're done taping here, dive into four. Okay. Okay. And, and I want to hear all about it, you know, before or after we record on Saturday with Geek Show. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'll just I'll just live text you. I'll just text you as I'm watching. Yeah, it. that's it. <laughs> Which I was gonna do last night, but you were in bed already, so I'm like, I'll just go to Twitter instead. Oh, Twitter will my, appreciate me. My my phone shuts completely down when I go to bed, so don't worry about yeah. waking me up. It it will Oh not worried. No, it's more that I care about um immediate reactions. Oh, well, if you want immediate reactions, don't count on me. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just looking forward to going picking up the phone and, and, and laughing and, and Sue saying, what's going on? And I'll go, Rebecca started Star Trek four and Sue going, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay. 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 Have okay. your Star Trek mistress. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> at least he's, <laughs> at least he's getting it somewhere. <laughs> See, that's, that's a, that's a private, that's a radio from hell private joke because uh, Gina is not an adventurous eater at all. So her, her husband has a food mistress, which is a friend of theirs <laughs> who goes and eats, you know, you know, the foie gras and the, you know, the stuff mm -hmm. that she just won't touch. And, and Sue says, that's your Star Trek mistress right there. How funny. Oh, how funny. I think I have, I definitely have a movie. What's a, what's a male mistress? There, there's gotta be a term. There's gotta be a term. Anyway, I have what? a male movie mistress that I go to movies with. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And that's okay. As long as you have, you know what, guys, yeah. as long as you have a solid relationship, there's no need for, there's no need for jealousy. No, no, no. You know, it's all fine. All right. Anyway. Okay. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to hop off here and go watch Star Trek four, I guess. Uh, exciting, exciting. <laughs> but exciting. Uh, and we'll talk about that next week. But until then we will continue to go where no man has gone before, but a lot of people have gone before. Thanks everybody.